So I would like to reply to some of uh, the questions here. And also, just to, you may know that uh, even only one question could take a few hours to answer. So <laughs> uh, we have to limit the time. Oh. But every question is interesting by itself, and also every question can be developed to quite a, uh, quite a good extent. So now I will, I like to start with one uh, specific question because uh, it seems that the, the retreat is, go, is going to come to an end. And also uh, now is the autumn. Huh? And then we see, I don't know if you have walked and heard the, the, the goose, right? You, you hear the goose? So not only the goose, but all the, the birds that were living in the north countries, then they go back to the south, you know, for a vacation. Or I don't know if they are going back for a vacation or if they are going back home. So, so it may be your ki the case is that uh, we are always in a, in a state of uh, migration, so uh, we may f feel that we are going back home. So uh, in, a, in a spiritual field, what will be our home? Where is our home? Yes. So now the first question. We'll try to uh, we'll try to go on that line. Could you explain the deeper meaning and context of Buddha's words at Saranang? Make yourself an island. Also at Deeper at Sananang. Make yourself an island, make yourself a refuge. And uh, the context in which these words were told was uh, uh, in the last days of the Buddha. Then he was uh, alone with Ananda, you know, his chief disciple. And uh, Ananda, Ananda started to, to be worried because he felt that, uh, well, the Buddha is aging and uh, everything starts to fall apart and he looks like an old car that uh, needs uh, some repair. So uh, because of these uh, concern that uh, very soon or, you know, uh, the Buddha will not be there anymore, he did ask the Buddha, oh, when, Venerable Sir, you pass away, could you please give some advices of how to uh, instruct or how to organize the Sangha, the group of monks especially. And then the reply of the Buddha was, uh, uh, well, if anyone wants to take care of the monks and to take care of the Sangha, then if uh, those who want to, to, to follow them or to, to abide with, within their uh, uh, you know, authority, and then they just do so. But it's not in the power of the Tathagata to, um, well, to maybe to appoint people or, 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 you know, to give guidelines. Of course, he left the Vinaya and things like this, you know, guidelines, but uh, he did not as such um, uh, impose himself as an authority and also um, appointed specific people for, for being in charge of other people. So anyway, the, the word that uh, he gave to Ananda, who was a little bit uh, sad and kind of depressed probably, was, uh, that he should uh, make himself an island and make himself a refuge. So here we have the word atta 
And uh, for a few weeks, we have just uh, pointed out that the Buddha was teaching anatta. So, what is the, what is the, uh, is there a dilemma here, or is there a parallel? So, uh, for sure, the Buddha did not teach something like a soul or uh, a permanent entity that lasts uh, forever. Yeah? So the doctrine of a self, a permanent self, was not there. So in that sense, uh, the, 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 the theory of anatta was opposing the common uh, you know, uh, beliefs of these days, uh, Brahmin's uh, uh, context of Atman, that means the soul. Or so, uh, so the Buddha expounded that uh, well, there is no soul as such. So Atman or Atta was referring mo mostly to the sense of um, there is no self as such. But here, to make uh, ourself a refuge or an island, it means especially like uh, the, 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 the text explained, okay, now how you, should ex how you should make yourself a refuge. And the Buddha says by uh, developing or by establishing yourself in the four satipatthana, starting with kāyānupāsana. So that means we are taking refuge in this practice, we are taking refuge in the practice itself, which is based on, uh, uh, on the five khandhas, which is based on perceiving the world, and uh, the internal world actually is just the five khandhas. So in a way, it's a, it is a world, huh? and also in a way, it is an internal world, and also it's a kind of, a, a, well, it is personal. So uh, in that sense, it, it is at, uh, so this is what it means. But also for those who are interested with uh, a little bit more uh, reference or more parallel, we have the word in many, many texts, ajata. So ajata, baidda, internally and externally. So the word ajata also as the as the as the the, 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 the prefix aj, and also the the, the, the rest. The rest is atta. Huh? And uh, here the, cont the 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 the, um, the the commentaries they explains about four types of ajata, four four types of internal 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 phenomena or what is mean by, by internal. And uh, one, I forgot, but uh, the, the reference for those who want is in the Visuddhimaga. And uh, one is uh, concerned uh, the, the uh, ajata in the sense of uh, one's own self, or in the sense of uh, one's own, kanda. If I wrote it down. Well, in general, in a way, it is the, that which is personal, subjective, arises from within, internal. And uh, one of the four, uh, ajatta, is uh, gochara ajatta. That means uh, in the field of uh, meditation subject. So uh, if we have the mind established in the fourth satipatthana, then that means the mind also is established in the meditation subject. And this can refer to a feeling of, uh, of, uh, of a refuge, not a refuge, but an internal uh, kind of seti setting down. So, uh, so this is what we have to do. We have to practice uh, you know, some types of meditation, especially here, the, the four satipatthana. This is how we make a refuge.
So also I think the analogy or the you know the the analogy with the iron island is very uh, beautiful. Also the analogy of a refuge and also the the feeling of uh, making it our uh, personal refuge or something that is internal. So although there is no self or there is no uh, permanent entity that we can uh, cling to, uh, nevertheless there is a feeling, uh, there is an internal feeling and we can say that uh, we can make a home in our heart. It, speaks, it, it is speaking about the mind there. So of course the mind also is, is depending on the body but we are speaking about the mind. So internally uh, in our mind, is it possible to make a house, a home, an island, and a refuge? So this is all what we are doing now. We are taking refuge in ourselves, and also the the rest of the sentence that the the, the, the Buddha said is that uh, uh, take no other refuge than yourself, and also take make make the Dhamma as your refuge and take no other thing as, the, uh, as a refuge. So Dhamma, the law of uh, universe, you know, uh, and also the, the, the law of goodness uh, that we are uh, trying to follow, is our refuge. So in that way, uh, we have to be uh, kind of independent and in whatever uh, circumstances uh, pushes us in the life where changes occur, then uh, that uh, internal peace, that in internal stability, we make it our home, and then we make it our refuge. So then we always have a sense of security. Here. In Thailand, nuns and monks shave their eyebrows along with their head. Do you know? With their yes, so they don't shave. They, they, they shave the head. They don't cut the head <laughs> along with their head. Do you know why this is done? In the Buddha's time, uh, were eyebrows uh, shaved? So uh, no, in the Buddha's time, probably eyebrows were not shaved and. Uh, the, the explanation I heard about that, and it must be, it's quite possible, is that uh, there is a relation, you know, political relation, I mean, with, within countries, so uh, between Thailand also and Burma, in these days there were uh, some conflict, and uh, then uh, I think the, the Burmese invaded Thailand, and, uh, and then, uh, like in Chiang Mai, or some area of Thailand was at, at some point, uh, was uh, taken by uh, Burmese uh, uh, not empire but the Burmese uh, country and uh, and then uh, a way for the Thai to defend themselves also is that uh, uh, I think I think they, they started to, they started to be stronger and uh, and then the Burmese had to go back home or and, and they were starting to be defeated so uh, some of the uh, soldiers they became monks. It's funny, huh? But but also like uh, uh, in the in the in Japan, sometimes also there was some Japanese in in Burma, and then when they came there, you know, I mean, the people are involved for any kind of reasons. They they live in other countries, and so there was at a certain point some uh, uh, Japanese soldiers also in Burma, and then when they saw the monks and when they saw the temple and all the 
piousness of the people, they got so much faith, they didn't want to go back to their country, and they remained there in Burma, and they became monks, you know, and they spent the rest of their life there, and they didn't have any difficulty. The people, they feed them, and uh, they, they, they took care of them very nice. So anyway, uh, with, uh, with, the, uh, with the situation with the Thais and the Burmese, uh, uh, the Thai didn't seem to like uh, the Burmese even if they were monks. So uh, they told about among themselves that, uh, okay, now uh, we should shave our eyebrows. And then uh, if any monk doesn't have his eyebrows shaved, then we will give him trouble. So whatever monk didn't have his eyebrows shaved, then it means that he, he was probably a Burmese or some, some type of foreigner. So since that time, uh, all the monks, they shave their eyebrows so that uh, they can be recognized. And it's only in Thailand, actually, that the eyebrows are shaved. Yes? Um, can you speak about the different colored robes? Oh, it depends on the, the, the locality where the robes are made. And, uh, in, the, in these days, it, like it, it depends on the local dye that was available. And, uh, but nowadays, uh, some of the colors of the monks came to represent also the type of life that the monks were having. Like the brown color is more suitable for the, for the life in the, in the forest, uh, where you don't need to wash the, the robe regularly. And then if you have dirt or you, know, you, 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 you sit on the earth or you... you, you you know, in the forest, it's not always the, the, the cleanest thing. So to be uh, with a brown color is more suitable to all the monks or nuns also uh, that were living in the forest, like Aranya, this, they call that Aranya uh, Vihari uh, people. Uh, then they, they were recognized as wearing brown color. And uh, then they, they, they came to adapt the color, especially to identify themselves uh, to the city or temple monks and nuns, where uh, these monks and nuns, they play more the role of a, of a clergy. You know, they give service to people and they are more socially involved and they live in the temple. So sometimes also the, these monks also don't practice too much the meditation. So those who wanted to practice meditation were going in the forest. So for that reason, uh, you know, the, the, the monks in the cities, they are wearing uh, the yellow, clear, bright robes where they can, uh, yes. This, is, uh, this sometimes came to be the difference. Also sometimes, uh, like the red, uh, red types of robes, it's uh, easily available with the, in the Burmese also. Is, uh, the Tibetan also have adopted that color. And, uh, but actually the red, the, 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 the red color, you know, comes from the, 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 the root of uh, the bark of a tree and they extract, they cut the bark of a tree and then they boil the water for a long time and they put the rope together there and the rope com comes to be dyed uh, with the color of, uh, of the bark. So sometimes you have, so that's why also it depends on the trees that were available in these days. So some trees were more brownish and some were more uh, having a, a red color and probably some have just uh, you know, a pink or yellow or so any kind of colors actually that uh, that uh, represented a class of uh, of uh, renunciate will, will 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 have been suitable, yeah, but not the black and the green and things like this. So.
So another question also uh, on the same paper is uh, when the young children ordain, do they all take the precepts or to not eat afternoon? Uh, yes, they, they all take the precepts, but they, they don't observe the, them. <laughs> like kids are kids, so of course the temple would say, no, no, uh, they should not eat, but the kids, when they are growing, sometimes, they, you know, they, 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 if they are in, the, in, in, a, in a garden, or then they will pick up an apple, and they are always hungry kids, you know. So, in theory, yes, they are growing, so they need food. So, in theory, they are not supposed to eat, and also that's why, uh, you know, those who are living in very strict monasteries, that, 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 that is, uh, you know, the, the, the common trend, is that uh, in these strict monasteries, they are not eating in, in the afternoon. So, theoretically, theoretically there, there is no official exceptions, but practically, uh, there are there can be a lot of exception regarding that, and uh, in general also, uh, you know the monks uh, treat the children very well. So the the, the children are, are generally quite well taken when they stay in the monasteries. When when taking the precepts at home, do you recommend reciting the Pali or English, or does it not matter? Well, it does not really matter, but actually to recite the Pali is uh, quite good. Like we g get familiar with the, that language and also as uh, someone was mentioning uh, us uh, this week, uh, the Pali words sometimes don't have the precise uh, English uh, equivalent or term terminology. And it's very, sometimes it, it can be tricky, not for the, the precepts are quite clear, but for other terms. So the more I think, uh, like if we are involved into studying Buddhism and uh, we are interested in, in uh, serious issues about it, so the more we are familiar with the language, the more we get acquainted with the original way that uh, it was expressed and also it, the, the, the original way or the way in which we find it still preserved nowadays in the, in the text and in the commentary. So to have some kind, of, and also the Pali is very beautiful. So anyway, it's just... Uh, it is just uh, a matter of choice, but... Uh, so, is it allowed, according to the Vinaya, for monks to remove the cobwebs? So, uh, I think it is allowed if you don't... Uh, if you don't... if you are not arming the, 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 the spider. And uh, an analogy that I that I that is funny here that I make, you know, is that uh, in the Visuddhimagga they compare uh, they compare the balancing of the, of the faculties. You know, when you get the jhana and then you have the five faculties, so the faculties have to be uh, balanced in the way that they compare that with uh, with uh, a surgeon who is uh, you know cutting uh, who can cut very skillfully the, the leaves of a lotus in a, in a pond. So then the faculties, is, the person is very balanced. So if the person is very balanced with his faculty, then the, 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 loco, the lotus leaf will be perfectly cut. Uh, but there is another simile where uh, they say that uh, like uh, someone who wants to remove a cobweb, that is, in these days they had competitions of cobwebs removing. 
And then it's a question of patience, uh, patience and a question also of skill. So uh, they were removing, like you have a carboys, and then they were removing the carboys with a thread, you know. So if your faculties were very balanced, then you will not break the thread, which is uh, kind of amazing. So anyway, uh, if, if the monks were to try, then it means that uh, uh, it will not uh, break so much of their Vinaya. But I think there is nothing wrong with the Vinaya. Yeah. So, another one. Among the Chaitasika 52, there are uh, Karuna and Mudita. Hmm? Uh, but there is no metta. So the metta as a chetasika actually, uh, it's not there in the list of the 52 uh, that we find in the in the Abhinam. So this is correct. Huh? And here is there an explanation to this, or just the nature of reality? Uh, the explanation that they are giving, which may be satisfactory, but actually not so much, is that uh, uh, the the chetasika of uh, Adosa, you know, Adosa is a non-enmity. I think the, the, the Chetasika of Adosa fulfills the, the, the quality of metta, but uh, logically it's not, uh, it's, not, it's not as such because someone can have Adosa also with uh, other types of consciousness. Like if someone is practicing Anapanasati, then uh, any, any type of, uh, you know, any type of Kusala, wholesome deeds, then uh, the adosa will not be there. So that means, it doesn't mean that necessarily there is metta. So maybe they, they probably forgot to, uh, to put it there. So don't, don't, don't worry, it exists as a feeling. <laughs> Here, a serious question is that, some say that uh, one can do the vipassana in the jhana, and then some, you know, the, the teachers that uh, the, the, the quote is uh, referring to, is the site, uh, the Anguttara uh, number X, and then the Anguttara number XY, and then the Majima 52, Majima 121. So, uh, also here, uh, one, he remembers the reading in the Majima one, one, one uh, hundred uh, eleven. How the Buddha praises venerable for Sariputta for seeing the arising, persisting, and perishing of the mental formations in jhana. Can you please shed some more light? Uh, thank you. So, uh, like we'll just take one sutta and uh, the last one here that 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 is uh, referring to verbal Sariputta that is praised by the Buddha and. Uh, then the Buddha says that the Venerable Sariputta was uh, practicing uh, vipassana, or he was uh, seeing the dhamma, the, the, the jhana dhamma, as they arise. And yes, so it is Anupada Sutta. So he sees the dhamma as they arise. He sees them also as they pass? No, I think he just sees them when they arise, one by one. So every mental factor was analyzed by Sariputta, uh, but the mental factors of, uh, of the jhanas. But here in this specific sutta, it does not say that uh, uh, the person was in jhana. And uh, the commentary to that, the commentary to that says that uh, this is the practice uh, of uh, what is called uh, samatha vipassana yoganadda. That means 
there were ty four types of approach that uh, we had been explained uh, briefly before. And uh, one of the approach is that uh, somebody will practice samatha together with the vipassana. And uh, the, the practicality of that is that uh, uh, someone attains jhana, so the samatha comes first, but actually the, the samatha and the vipassana are joined together, they are yoked together, they are yoked together. So the, the commentaries, they explain that practice as someone is in jhana and then just for a brief moment gets out and then do the vipassana and then gets in and gets out. But also here it is referring to Sariputta and then Sariputta is said to be, to be the, uh, the, the foundator or the, the, the chief uh, holder of uh, the, the Abhidhamma lineage. So he is supposed to represent you know, the, 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 the first uh, rising uh, appraise of, uh, of uh, the, Abhidhamma, uh, uh, um, the Abhidhamma theory or the Abhidhamma uh, teachings were uh, were actually put together. They, they were they were given the ma the matrix or the the basic was given by the Buddha to Sariputta himself, and then the Sariputta and his disciple they form you know the, all these teachings in relation to that, and uh, and then if we refer to these teachings, you know the teachings of Abhidhamma, then. Uh, you cannot practice uh, the you cannot practice vipassana in jhana because uh, uh, the but however the, the the mind moments occur so fast that uh, it is possible and also it can give the impression that one is still in jhana so one is getting in jhana and then just for a split second then the person gets out and then contemplates the the jhana dhamma and then gets in and gets out and gets in and gets out and so in that way, the commentary, they explain that uh, there is a very fast uh, getting in and going out of the jhana, and then uh, the person is able to contemplate the jhana factors as they arise, but it doesn't mean necessarily that the, the person is in jhana. The person will be just briefly mm -hmm. going out and then see the jhana factors and then getting in, in the absorption and, and, and analyzing the jhana factors. And one mm -hmm. commentary also speci specify in that regard that, uh, that uh, you know, they give the example of uh, somebody pointing to the moon with the finger. So they say that uh, if you point the moon uh, with your finger, then the finger in itself cannot see itself. So like you, you cannot see the, the, the finger pointing to the moon cannot see itself. So in the same way, uh, the mind is looking at the uh, jhana object, and the jhana object is animita. So the mind that is looking at the, the, the general uh, uh, jhana object cannot uh, see itself at the same time. But uh, uh, this is the explanations of the commentaries. And also the commentaries also are adding that when somebody is practicing vipassana, the, the fact of uh, seeing and uh, analyzing the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the dhammas, then you need also uh, the vitaka and the vichara. So that means it's a kind of upachara samadhi.
also in that sutta, they, they, they start. It is interesting, that sutta, because uh, he starts uh, the description. You can go and refer to it if you have not read it. And so they start the description with, uh, with the five jhana factors, basically, and then they go on. You know, not only the jhana factors are being analyzed, but also all the mental factors that are following up, that are kind of uh, complementary. And this we see uh, that uh, the list starts to be uh, expanded. Okay, now what consists, what is the consciousness consisting of? And the consciousness is, cons is, consi is, is consisting of the consciousness itself, the vijnana or the citta, and also all the mental factors that are accompanying it, you know. So the descriptions of these chitasika uh, start to be or are clearly elaborated in that sutta. So whether you agree with this or not, uh, if we keep to the principle of the Abhidhamma, then uh, according to the Abhidhamma, it's not possible to do the Vipassana in the jhana, but it may be very, very close. So you can take it as you like. Here, serious question. Which is more beneficial at uh, the point of death? To go into the forjana or do the vipassana on materiality or mentality? Well, you, if you do both, then it's much better. But, uh, but maybe to do the vipassana is, uh, is, is more uh, beneficial. But actually, if it depends also what you want. So if your vipassana is very strong and, uh, and then also your jhana is very strong, so depending on what you wish and if for your next life, then uh, the jhana also can be helpful. But theoretically, the, uh, normally the, the Buddha would emphasize the practice of vipassana at the time of at the last moment if you are strengthening your uh, power of wisdom that is actually expressed in the practice of insight, then it is more beneficial to what will come uh, you know, after the after the body uh, is not alive anymore. So here it is referring to a lecture that somebody has done and uh, the person wants to know uh, the meaning uh, or the clarification regarding the, the three worlds, you know, the three loka of uh, Sankara, Loka, Satta, Loka and Okasa, Loka. Uh, these three worlds, you can find uh, actually, you know, the specific, uh, a good explanation of these uh, words are given in the Visuddhimagga when, when they speak about the Buddha, you know, and they say Loka Vidu. So Loka Vidu means uh, he is a knower of the world. And uh, there they say that uh, there are the three worlds of the Satta Loka. So Satta Loka means the, the world of beings. So the Buddha is able to know the beings, you know, their character, and then their temperament, and then uh, their tendency, and everything that is related to beings, whether they are human or animals or any types of beings, that's, it consists of a world by itself, so the world of being, Sattaloka. And then uh, the other world of, uh, or the other world of uh, Sankara, the Sankara Loka, so Sankara Loka also is related to, uh, uh, to the formations that uh, generally perceive. And uh, uh, for example, you know, um, uh, 
uh, like the year they, 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 they give uh, uh, in uh, regard to the formations is that okay now uh, there is one world all beings subsist by nutriment two worlds mentality and materiality three worlds three kinds of feeling four worlds four kinds of nutriment five worlds five aggregates as objects of clinging and etc you know six worlds uh, six internal bases so all these things you know they go up to 18 or yes 18 so uh, all these things they relate to the to the to the formations themselves so you just look in the Loka Vidu, the knower of the world, in the Visuddhimagga, describing the Buddha's quality. And then the last uh, question is regarding the Okasa Loka. So Okasa means uh, uh, locality. It means, uh, yeah, it means, it means uh, uh, also, it, it refers to the universe. So uh, it is the world of location. And here, for example, you have one world sphere, and the world sphere is called a Chakawala, is 1,200,000 uh, leagues, and etc., you know. And also here, for those who are interested in the world, also there is a, uh, there is a big description of, uh, of uh, their cosmology. And, uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned before, they even mentioned the uh, uh, world the world interspace. So that means they had... Uh, they had even, uh, you know, inter-space world kind of uh, multi-dimensional type of uh, universe. So anyway, the details of uh, of these are uh, in the Visuddhimagga there. Here also we will uh, try to make uh, the connection or the you know the, the following question something practical for all of us, and uh, it concern or uh, it concern the, the the practice of metta. And uh, the question is: a certain monk says that the Buddha, the Brahma Vihara, correspond to the Arupa Jhana and the Chitta and sits, sorry, and sits a sutta, but I don't know, uh, don't remember the reference. He says, for example, infinite consciousness corresponds to karuna. Uh, it's not really like that, you know, infinite consciousness here will correspond to uh, mudita, and the reference is uh, in one text of the Anguttara, but also the explanation is found in the Visuddhimagga. And... Uh, then I will just uh, go and make the relation to you because uh, the, they speak about the highest limit of each. So the highest limit that, uh, that these four Brahma Vihara can lead us. So if we are practicing Metta or Mudita or Kurina or Upeka, what is the highest limit? What is the, 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 the highest possibility we can get with these things? And uh, the text says that uh, the metta, brahma, we are, when we are practicing metta, then we can go in jhana, and also we can go in first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and also at a certain point with the equanimity, and then 
there the highest limit of uh, the meta jhana will be they describe it as the liberation by the beautiful Subha, Subha Vimokha. And uh, the parallel they make with that is that uh, oh, the highest limit that somebody will be able to obtain with the metta uh, meditation is the liberation by the beautiful. And the relation also that is made is that uh, the practice of metta, loving kindness, will support the practice of the color kasinas. So, for example, like uh, in the commentaries, there are many parallels that are made with the different types of meditation. And uh, uh, sometimes the, the, the Brahma Vihara will be mixed also with the kasinas. And uh, then, uh, for example, here, the practice of metta, when you practice a lot of metta, then everything becomes really beautiful. Everyone or Everything you are looking at is very beautiful and then the mind is not angry and then you find you have no enemy and uh, so everything and everybody, every beings are so beautiful. So if you turn that state of mind, once, once it has been developed, huh, if you turn that state of mind to, uh, to the, the casinas, for example, which uh, are a, a strong uh, old for developing a deeper samadhi or I mean at least uh, uh, the equivalent, equivalent, then the color casinas also are, uh, can also uh, uh, attract the, 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 the sense of beauty, huh? like an artist. So the colors also are used like in the sense of beauty. So the people who are practicing metta, then also the, the, the everything becomes uh, beautiful and, um, and then also the, their mind However, will not go higher than the when higher than the, the, the rupa jhana. That means not higher than the, than what a color kasina would lead a person. So the highest limit is the fourth rupa jhana. But also, uh, they say that uh, someone who is practicing mudita, uh, someone who is practicing uh, sorry, uh, the second one will be karuna, the compassion. So that person will always see the suffering in in uh, in beings. So all the time, the person will develop a lot of ca compassion. But for that, the, 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 the predominant uh, characteristics of, uh, of the beings that will be observed will be the characteristics of suffering, of pain, and uh, of uh, hardship, and things like this. So the compassion will, will be developed. So somebody we see so much of uh, difficulties and suffering in, in, the, in, the, in the beings that uh, uh, he is contemplating, then uh, kind of a dispassion or a kind of a disenchantment with uh, everything that is related to uh, uh, to materiality, everything that is material, you know. So the highest limit of this uh, type of meditation, nevertheless, is a little bit higher because of the uh, the the detachment that the person will have towards materiality. So in that case, the person will be inclined. <coughs> to the space, infinite space, and uh, the, the Arupa Jhana, where uh, all materiality is being discarded. So easily the person also can attain this uh, stage of uh, uh, Arupa uh, consciousness. But it's not the same. Huh? Arupa, Akasana, uh, Chayatana, uh, and Karuna, it's not the same. It is just, it is very different. But uh, one will support the other. That is, if you have Karuna, then 
it's very easily or very uh, very much that meditation will support the the, the, the practice of uh, uh, immaterial jhana like uh, akasa. But so if someone is practicing mudita, that is, if uh, if you rejoice all the time, if you rejoice a lot with the attainment or the the the. the 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 goods uh, with the joy if you rejoice a lot with the with the goods that uh, others have attained then uh, your mind is actually sympathize sympathizing sorry if i'm not if i'm wrong sympathizing with uh, with actually the happiness of other people so you, you you tune yourself with the happiness of others so that tuning that tuning of your mind will be with the happiness of others, not only with uh, with the goods that the person will have achieved or the worldly success that or whatever success or whatever attainments the person will have, what in what you will rejoice will be the the mental states of happiness that the others are having. So for that reason, when you extend uh, your object of uh, of uh, of uh, attention like to the infinite universe, you know, so all beings, so at that time your mind is very much uh, expanded. And then, uh, and then, because you are having mostly the the sense of uh, you know of uh, you are mostly aware of consciousness of the consciousness of other. Then, if your mind goes uh, to an alternative parallel meditation, it will go to the uh, infinite consciousness, because because of that. So it, these states are not the same but uh, one will support the other. So they are just a, a question of, uh, of supporting. But because the, the person is still very much attached to the consciousness, it will not go higher than that. So this is the highest limit of the, of the mudita. And then the highest limit of the, uh, the, the upeka will be like the person develops a lot of uh, detachment and a lot of uh, uh, equanimity towards the towards the, the, the up and down of uh, people's life or, or any kinds of beings' lives. So that equanimity and that de- detachment will lead someone to practice that to, to the state of nothingness. So uh, the highest limit of the, the, the practice of upekka will be the, the state of uh, the immaterial jhana of uh, nothingness. Because you see that we are you are not attached, and then you see that everything is just uh, everything just go uh, according to the law of karma. I even lost my page. Uh, so. Yes, so that was for this question, and then uh, I think a person wrote about twelve questions. So I, I, I'm glad that it's not uh, you are not all like that because <laughs> <laughs> it will be endless. So another question is the with the light of wisdom of the fourth anapana jhana alone, is it possible to perceive beings in other planes? So we will say, yes, it is possible to perceive beings in other planes because the fourth jhana, even with anapana, is uh, very strong by itself and the light that it produces is enough to, uh, uh, to perceive other planes of existence. 
and also uh, and to practice the Brahma Vihara as taught by the Venerable Sayadu, or are the others uh, Kasina Jana necessary? Uh, like uh, it would be also possible to practice the Brahma Vihara, but uh, the way actually that uh, the Venerable Park Sayadu is explaining that or that he wants to emphasize is that uh, he depends a lot, you know, he likes very much, the, the, his training is very much uh, based on the commentaries and everything, so he likes to keep the parallel that we have just seen, huh? so that means he likes to combine the, the practice of the Brahma Vihara with the jhanas, huh? this is for sure. But also he likes to practice, uh, he likes to combine the practice of the, meta, uh, the, the Brahma Vihara with uh, supported by the Kasina uh, exercises because the Kasina meditation has a lot of similarities with the practice of the Brahma Vihara in the sense that you expand your mind. So the consciousness is very much expanded. So in that consciousness, if you put uh, your object, if you put beings as objects, then it's the same. The expansion of the, of the consciousness is about the same. You are expanded to the infinite. So, but uh, the Venerable Parasada goes around, that means he doesn't start uh, with the, the practice of uh, the Brahma Vihara because he has found with his, uh, with his experience that it's very difficult for somebody who doesn't have, uh, you know, a good practice of concentration and a good stability of mind to develop jhanas out of the uh, practice of the Brahma Vihara. So that's why his, uh, mostly his approach will, will be to encourage somebody to develop the Kasina uh, practices, and then once uh, somebody is a, is a kind of uh, familiar with only one type of Kasina, then he will switch the person. If the person is interested, he will switch him or her to uh, to the practice of the the Brahma Vihara, and then you see that uh, actually the, the, it it is strengthening uh, very much uh, one and the other. Also, for those who are interested, you know, just that that chapter of the Visuddhimagga uh, explaining about the, the support that the Kasina or other types of meditation have within uh, the context of uh, the Brahma Vihara, then the, these few pages are uh, are worth reading because uh, another uh, quotation also that is explained in the Visuddhimagga refers to uh, somebody who wanted, like the story goes that, uh, like I would just briefly quote the story, and uh, it's a monk who, has, who had didn't have so much practice, and then he was with the Buddha, and uh, he wanted to go by himself, and the Buddha thought, oh well, he is not uh, enough uh, independent in the sense of, uh, he has not enough maturity in the practice, so he will have a difficulty, but nevertheless, he thought, because the person really wanted to go and, and practice in the forest, you know, then the Buddha, gave him uh, an instruction, which is uh, actually uh, very good. And uh, I'm sure that uh, this explanation also can be found uh, in other contexts. But uh, the basic, uh, the basic uh, instruction that he said is that uh, you should train thus. Uh, no, sorry. 
where first one he said, My mind shall be steadied, quite steadied internally, and arise, and arisen evil unprofitable things shall not obsess my mind and remain. You should train thus. Uh, but this is just the basic thing, you know, they say here, that is just uh, the basic concentration of uh, internally. You see, this is also where they explain about the, the different types of uh, ajatta. So, uh, you can, if you look at that quotation, then you have uh, both uh, references and the detail about the explanations of uh, the different types of uh, of ajatta. So this is at uh, well, just for those who are interested to the reference, it, it is in chapter nine and the paragraph uh, hundred fifteen. So I like to inter interrupt myself. So. Uh, so the story says that after that the Buddha told him about its development by means of loving kindness in order to show that he should not stress content with just that much, but should intensify his basic concentration in this way. So anyway, the, the, the sutta itself, this is the commentary, but the sutta itself says, as soon as your mind has become steadied, quite steadied internally, bhikkhu, and arisen evil, unprofitable things do not obsess your mind and remain, then you should train thus. So a further training here. The mind deliverance of loving kindness will be developed by me frequently practice, made the vehicle, made the foundation, establish, consolidate, and properly undertake undertaken. You should train thus bhikkhu. So here we see that the, the practice of metta can be very supportive. Also we can see that the practice of the Brahma Vihara is, uh, is something that has been uh, uh, really, uh, uh, you know, a very strong, uh, the very strong, um, uh, at the very strong place in the Buddha's teaching. So it was a uh, it was freq frequently, uh, it was almost uh, a must for uh, most of the meditators to, to, to practice that, to combine it with their, uh, to combine it actually with their uh, other practice. And uh, this is the point here of the Visuddhimagga, is that uh, they use that to say that uh, somebody who is having the base of the, this Brahma Vihara, so if somebody is practicing the base of loving kindness or Mudita or Karuna, then with that base, then uh, they say that uh, you should also combine it with other practices like the kasinas here. So here they refer to the kasina. I don't know if it was the context, but this is what the commentary says, that uh, it should be also strengthened or it should be, it, it should be complemented by the, practices, by the practice of the kasina. Just to say that uh, sometimes they, they, combine, they combine these things. Then the, the, the comparison here is, is very sweet, you know, because they compare it now. We start to be cold a little bit, so they compare it to, uh, to, to someone who, makes, who wants to make a, you know, a fire in the chimney or, you know, the firewood. So in these days, this, this was the only thing they were using to warm themselves. So if we want to make a fire, and uh, it's very difficult to start with a big log, so we'll start with twigs and branches and piece of uh, little things, you know, peppers and leaves, and, and then we put that together, and then all kinds of little brindle and you know, little things. So once the fire has been uh, 
ignitate, you know, at the beginning, then, then it starts to grow, you know, and then once it has grown a little bit, then we can put bigger branches, and then eventually we can put a big log, you know, and then the log is going to, uh, to burn for, the, for many hours, if not for the whole night. So uh, we don't start the fire with the big log, we start with little branches. So uh, if we put a little bit of these uh, types of uh, uh, gasoline or types of uh, vitamins, you know, in our meditation, then it, it can be, it can lighten up a little bit our uh, uh, mind, you know. And then when the mind is lightened up with, uh, with the joy that the practice of the Brahma Voyara is giving us, then we can also come back or we can, uh, we can support our main object of meditation that uh, we want to develop. So here also the text is not finishing. It's, they say that uh, once the person has attained, you know, uh, here they said about the jhana, or once the person has solidifi solidified uh, the mind enough, then, uh, then actually he, he, goes, he goes back and, and practice the, the four satipatthana. So, so then once the, the samatha is established, is, is well established, then uh, the person goes and uh, practice the vipassana on the on the, sati, the four satipatthana. And then, then this is how the person gets more uh, wisdom and more understanding. But uh, it is combined with the practice of uh, the, the Brahma Vyara. So I think this is also, this also will refer to the uh, liberation by the beautiful. Subha Vimoka, because it is supported with the Brahma Voyara and also it is supported with the practice of Kasinas and among the Kasinas, the, the beautiful Kasina with the nice color. The, the name of the Sutta? The name of the sutta is that there are two suttas where the the highest limit of each is uh, referred to, and it's in the I think this is in Anguttara and H A L I D D A V A S A N A Alid Vasana Sutta. But uh, if you want, if you don't understand, you know. Uh, in the, it actually it is in the Sangyutta Nikaya. If you want the exact reference, you take the book there, it is in the library. So you look in the Visuddhimaga, the chapter 9, and then the paragraph uh, 119. The last section actually was the previous one. So, and then just the page, the previous uh, page from the chapter 115. So the same chapter. Uh, the same, the same chapter, but the different paragraph. Paragraph one fifteen, and then the other one is paragraph one nineteen. Yes. Here, I read in a book that Ananda was not fully enlightened until after the Buddha's death. How can it be that the Buddha's chief disciple took so long to obtain a complete liberation, while many others uh, attain it uh, very quickly? Uh, well, the answer is that uh, the Ananda was so busy he, and he was so much caring for the Buddha that he didn't have time to meditate so much all the time. He had to take care of him and then 
he was his personal secretary and then they say that he remember everything that the, the Buddha was preaching and the Buddha also asked him to be present when the, he would give some teachings and so uh, the personal attendant of the Buddha was Ananda and because of his many duties uh, he didn't have too much time to, to dwell in the meditation so Ananda was uh, actually a Sotapanna but it, uh, it needed to, to wait until the until the Buddha passed away uh, for Ananda to realize the uh, Arahatship. So this, is, uh, this was the reason. On Monday you mentioned that uh, in each moment of posture the path, Magga, uh, Pachea is arising. So uh, actually uh, I may have said that but what I meant is that uh, that the, the path, it's the Magga, so there was a, one of the Pachya, is Magga, Pachya. So uh, the, 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 the path can arise by, by meditation. So when we are meditating, uh, then we go to higher state of consciousness. So this type of bhavana, this type of development, is leading us to the achievement of the uh, of the noble uh, eightfold path. So in that way, when we are sitting now, if we are doing some kind of meditation, and uh, I hope this is what you are doing, so this will also uh, in, in include some of the uh, factors of the path, and then also if you attain, uh, you know, the higher state of uh, ultra, ultra mundane uh, state of consciousness of nibbana, then uh, then you will have completed the whole thing. But when we are doing here, when we are here, if we are careful about what we are thinking, that's all. So the, the body and the verbal are, are, uh, are not uh, in any way doing wrong things and not the mind is proper, properly oriented and these can uh, by themselves include the, the path factor. So they can be called the Magga Pachya. What is the function of the brain and how does it relate to the mind? So the function of the brain, uh, well, you know, you know, there are so many, well, there are so many research. So the, 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 the brain actually, you may have a better answer than I, than I will give you, but uh, uh, I believe that the, the brain is just an organ by which uh, the, the nervous system is uh, proceeding and uh, it gives comments to the rest of the uh, the, the, all the nervous system is uh, based, the, the brain is just an organ where the, the, with the spinal cord and it's just like a, a power station where the, where the energy is going out you know, with the wires. But the, the mind will be maybe like, a, the mind maybe, the mind actually is, it can be situated everywhere, can arise everywhere, but the, the base of the mind is in the heart. So, the mind may be like the, the engineers that are working the, 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 the power station. Do you have any, uh, any better simile? <laughs> so we cannot deny the function of the brain. The brain has definitely something to do with the, with the mind. Huh? But the mind is not the brain. And the, br the mind also is not only uh, located in the brain. So 
So here a question is, uh, would you please tell us a bit more about uh, the Buddha's uh, period of enlightenment? So I will just suggest that uh, it's so long, it could, it could take so much time, you know. But uh, there is the book of Nyanamuli, uh, the English uh, translator, and it's called The Life of the Buddha. And the way that he is describing the Buddha's event are, is, is very nicely put because he, as a scholar, you know, he just dealt with the Pali mostly, like he specialized in Pali translation. So at a certain point, he put all his knowledge into a biography of the Buddha. And then he wrote uh, with quotations of the text different events of uh, the Buddha's life. So in one of these uh, uh, chapters, he is explaining about uh, you know, the process of enlightenment and also after in his enlightenment. So uh, if you have time, you just pick up the book and uh, you will have a lot of inspiration. Here, when the Buddha speaks about the qualities of faith, virtue learning, generosity and wisdom, what does learning refer to and what is the Pali name? So I refer to that, I think uh, it is in relation to that when I spoke about the arising by way of the uh, Sankara Upapati, arising by way of aspiration, the Sutta and the Majjima. So they say that the, the five factors that are needed for us to have a, a, a rebirth according to, the, to the our wish needs the, the five uh, specific factors of, uh, of Sadda, Sila, Sutta. Dana and wisdom, and yes, Fanya. So learning here refers to sutta, and sutta means to have. Uh, it means learning, and it means also uh, you know the text in general. But most uh, likely in this in this in this uh, context, the text of uh, of inspiration the text also of uh, the, the, the text on the Dhamma. So I could not find a, a precise uh, reference, a commentary in that uh, sutta I look and they don't say anything. But sometimes also the same uh, denotation applies to the terminology of Bau uh, Sutta. That means somebody who has, much, who has learned much or somebody who has heard much because in these days they didn't have books so knowledge was transferred by, by by uh, by, by verbal communication. So if you had good ears, then it will uh, it will support your uh, your knowledge. So uh, if you have heard much, then if you are remember if you are able to remember it, also it will uh, uh, support your knowledge. So in that sense, uh, the learning most probably refer to uh, somebody who has a, a wide field of uh, knowledge in general and uh, who knows the text also. Like in the text also, were to be learned and also there are traditions of, uh, of text, specific texts that are very supportive for, uh, uh, well, for development. So if somebody uh, is grounded with a, with a good uh, background of, uh, of knowledge, of these types of knowledge, then uh, it will also support the faculty of wisdom, and also it will support uh, many other uh, aspects of the uh, of the spiritual path. So this is what is meant here. You can also look the, in the dictionary the word sutta, but not with two t as a sutta, but uh, sutta only with one t.
here a question regarding interaction. So a certain monk insists that the Venerable Sariputta had no psychic powers whatsoever and therefore could not possibly have read the minds of another person. So I don't know who said that uh, Sariputta was reading mine. Or but anyway, uh, this reply come from come when uh, I cited a passage from the workings of Kamma, where the Venerable Sariputta deliberately walked through mud instead of jumping for the third time to pacify a lay supporter. So I could not find exactly the, the, that uh, reference, but I will, uh, I will give us a few comments on that. So, when, so, so did the Venerable Sariputta have any psychic powers, or is it possible only with the wisdom power to achieve such feats as accurately reading the mind of another person? So apparently, according to the text, according to the commentaries, uh, Sariputta definitely had the psychic powers, but not in the way of uh, magical. Uh, it was not. It was not too extravagant regarding that. But uh, the, we can assume by some texts that uh, he had psychic, the, the psychic powers of reading mind and also to see uh, the results of the karma. You know, by looking at somebody then he was able to know, he, he had also that uh, type of psychic power. So the psychic powers of reading mind is not, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not that difficult. Of course, if we compare Sariputta with Moggallana, then you, the other one was just like a really a psychic uh, star and a magician. So Sariputta was not like that. But uh, uh, nevertheless, he had some, definitely, he probably had uh, some psychic uh, power, I will say according to the text and uh, and also uh, like the text also they say that uh, Sariputta was having the jhanas so he was in attainment very often and uh, so the attainments uh, are describing the four the four jhana and also the the, the, the eight attainments with uh, you know the other uh, arupa uh, jhana up to niroda samapati so if somebody is able to achieve that amount of concentration, it's quite uh, impressive. And uh, if, if that uh, concentration is very firmly rooted and also supported by a practice of vipassana, then, uh, then uh, many uh, side effects come uh, uh, in the way of uh, psychic abilities. And uh, to actually uh, achieve, you know, the, the psychic tricks or the psychic, some of the supernormal uh, abilities, then someone only needs to have developed the fourth jhana. And so depending on the parami of people, uh, if you have developed the fourth jhana in any type of, a, of a meditation subject, even with anapana, then uh, the light that is going to be produced from that is strong enough to, uh, to develop some psychic powers, so there is nothing really extraordinary in it. Anyway. Here again, which is closer to reality and or which is more useful for the meditation? There are 89 types of consciousness, or there are 89 
distinct aspects of one consciousness and each aspect can take only its corresponding object. So uh, the first one is correct, the other one is not correct. The, because mind can take many objects, the different consciousness. Uh, only uh, if you take only one consciousness, then one consciousness can have only one object. But the, but the type of consciousness, uh, de depending on the moment that it is arising, can have a different uh, type of object. For example, the, the, the mind consciousness that can arise, then the mind can have a different moment, can have different uh, mental objects, and also it, the mind can have a different uh, objects of any of the five senses. So anyway, the, we'll not go in detail with this, but uh, the first uh, quotations or the, the, the first uh, suggestion is the best one. Yeah, the, somebody wanted the, the reference for the uh, the patana that I explained last time, and uh, for further study. And uh, so, if you want any reference now, I tell that in uh, in front of you because a good reference to that is in the books of Lady Sado, and uh, uh, mostly the Manual of Buddhism. And the Manual of Buddhism by Lady Sado are also available on the on the internet, you just type uh, Redisado and then you have a lot of uh, reference uh, to his books and you can download uh, this manual. So uh, I mentioned about that because in the Redisado's book also there is uh, the manual of the, the five orders of uh, the universe, the five Niyama. And this is interesting also because it gives us a little bit more understanding of, uh, of the laws uh, all the laws of the cosmos are explained in a, in a Buddhist perspective and uh, this also can complete uh, the question that uh, somebody asked uh, recently about okay everything in the universe is, is karma so the person was wondering okay now to which extent do we dif differentiate with uh, with what what is the karma and then what is uh, what is not the karma so by knowing the five niyama uh, that, that is described there, that the lady is explaining in one of uh, his uh, manual, the Niyama Dipani, then, uh, then you see that actually there are, there are laws in the universe and uh, uh, one of them are, one, uh, no, no, some of them, I mean the, these laws are divided in five. So one of them is the law of Kamma. So the law of Kamma, or the, 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 the Yes, the law of karma don't apply to everything. So by knowing that actually like a, like a tree or the weather and things like this, that this has nothing to do with the karma. They have their own uh, uh, laws, the laws also of the seeds. Or, so there are different laws and the law of karma is, uh, is one of them. And then also uh, in relation to the patana, you know, the, 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 causal, uh, well, the causal relation, then uh, Lady Sarado uh, has one dipani about the patana and it is very simply explained. And this is very rare to find a simple explanation of, uh, of these texts. So uh, there is a exp complete explanation of the 24 uh, nidesa, of the 24 apachya, sorry. And, uh, and uh, it is easy to read. And uh, 
If you want uh, a little bit more academic reference regarding the, the Patana with, uh, with these uh, the 24 Pachya, the, there is also from U Narada. Uh, all these monks are mostly Burmese. So U Narada published an introduction to the Patana that is available in the PTS. I forgot the exact title, but if you look at uh, Unarada and then in, relate, in relation to the Patana, not the, the, not the big books of conditional uh, relation that you find as a translation of the whole Patana of the Abhidhamma, but a separate book on the introduction uh, of the Patana, then Unarada explain in a traditional way, you know, uh, the principle that someone will be uh, able to develop if the systematic uh, uh, technical assimilation of these principles are applied. Mm. Also, like the, the, the chart that I had referred to, you know, there was one, the two papers that were just uh, simply uh, stating if uh, the relation of cause and effect between A and B, so A is the support of B, A it comes before B, A uh, comes simultaneously, you know, so the, the, these two sheets that I had given to you were taken from a, a thesis, MA thesis writ written by a German lady who did uh, her thesis uh, in a German university, MA thesis, but uh, she was trained in Burma uh, 50 years ago and a very uh, amazing lady, when she was young she lived there and uh, she, was she got a, a lot of education and she was very lucky because she was with all these big, big monks, you know. And uh, she learned a lot, she was speaking Burmese fluently and also she knew Bali, you know, very, very well. She did a PhD on the commentaries, you know, the stories of the old commentaries. Really wonderful thing. But uh, her MA, which is not published, is, uh, is, uh, is also really well written. So her name uh, is Friedgard. Lotter Moser, Lotter Moser in one uh, one word. So uh, I don't know if it will be possible to communicate with her, but uh, the paper is not published. <coughs> Here, uh, the time is running out, so uh, I will be brief. And uh, one question is Abhidhamma uh, 1. Could, could you clarify what the resultant consciousness, vipaka, and functional consciousness, kriya, are? So, uh, in brief, you know, there are different uh, classifications for consciousness. And one type of classification we can give to the different uh, consciousness explained in the Abhidhamma, you know, among the 89 uh, different types is a classification in regard to the jati, the way that they are arising. So, uh, in that classification there is four classes. One is the, it is divided in the way of uh, wholesome, kusala. And then another classification is in the way of unwholesome, akusala. And then a third division is in the way of uh, functional, kriya. And then the fourth way is uh, in the way of uh, resultant vipaka, so vipaka is the third, and then functional also is the is the fourth one. So, uh, so 
the, 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 the first two classes, they are like Kusala or Akusala, that means they are associated with the three roots or some of the roots that uh, we have spoken about, you know, the roots of uh, Loba, Dosa, Moha or Aloba, Adosa, Amoha. So uh, this consciousness being associated with these, uh, with these awesome or unawesome roots, they are active by themselves and then they can give results. So they are actually uh, connected with the Kamma, the volition uh, activity. And uh, the other two are, the third is the resultant, the Vipaka, and uh, the Chitta or states of consciousness uh, that arise through the ripening of Kamma. They are called the resultant uh, consciousness. So they are, these types of consciousness, they are the resultant of these uh, active consciousness. So they are, it's, uh, the karma also is a purely mental thing. So it's just a question of uh, being uh, the resultant. And then the fourth one, the functional, kriya, is that uh, there there is neither karma nor, uh, there is neither karma nor not karma, uh, nor the karma resultant. So they are called also indeterminate. So there is no uh, equivalent, equivalent of uh, kusala or uh, akusala in the involved uh, activity. Yet uh, this activity is not uh, karmically uh, determinate. These they cannot produce uh, results. And for example, also there is, a, if you want, uh, some more of these uh, charts and uh, classification in the in the Visuddhimagga, like the, the Visuddhimagga you find in the library at the page. Uh, the last one of the last page at uh, page 901 uh, then there is a, a big chart of uh, uh, these states of uh, these uh, consciousness and then they are divided by way of planes and also by way of um, the jati like this so all the, the 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 for example the kusala the resultant the vipaka chitta then there is a number of total of 36 kinds and then the functional also the kriya uh, then there is a number of uh, 20 types, 20 kinds, and uh, we will not go into the details, you just look in the books, please, for, for a further uh, reference. And then the last one here is that, uh, will there be any integration time for yogis in the next week's uh, schedule? So. Uh, yes, they have thought about, we have thought about uh, doing something of an integration, but actually it's going to be very simple and I think, I think the idea is to, uh, one of, uh, you know, the last weekend on Saturday, so I think in the morning or sometimes there will be one day that uh, you will be able to talk with each other and uh, uh, socialize and, you know, exchange a few things, but mostly the you know the atmosphere of the of uh, of the meditation will, will will be protected in this uh, in this compound like the meditation hall and probably the the, the, the kitchen also you, you you might people might not be allowed to to meditate to, to 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 speak so that uh, you don't disturb those who want to continue uh, their meditation but uh, uh, facilities are going to be provided where you 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 can exchange some uh, uh, something with within each other, but it, but it's not uh, going to be uh, too exp too uh, uh, expensive, but uh, but there will be a time for that, and also we will try maybe during the next week just to uh, I don't know, I don't know, but I think uh, I think this is a natural thing, so this is a law of uh, the law of nature that uh, 
the, 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 the birds are, are getting ready to fly. So <laughs> I think the, the mind knows how to warm itself. <laughs> so now uh, we have completed the questions. <laughs>